0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. My name is Zach, and uh, we're here to talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. So, boys, second time's a charm for the intro. I kind of uh, screwed up the first one there.
1: So, um, yeah, a little behind-the-scenes a...
0: uh, hey, right to, <laughs> to be fair, it's been a long weekend, a 4.30 kickoff for us uh, people over here in L.A., and then... Uh, some, some other madness that had to do with uh, some alcohol this weekend for me in particular. But, I mean, boys, h- how, how was your weekend regardless of the uh, the Chelsea nonsense? I don't think my weekend was as good as yours. Alcohol. What? You got into some mischief this <laughs> weekend or what? What, what happened? I, so this new place opened up by, by my fiance's house and uh, $30 margarita flights. And they bring you five different margarita flavors. Like pretty significant sizes. It, it, it was enough mm-hmm. to get me to, to get me to get the juices flowing, if you will. Yeah, and you're, then also, you're lightweight. I mean, I mean, for us over here in L.A., Sam, I know you could attest to this. We, we've been on like pure lockdown since this whole thing started. So it was kind of nice to actually go out to eat. Granted, we were outside under a makeshift tent, but it was yeah. still kind of nice. Yeah, hey, at
1: least we can go outside. I don't think the same could be said for Andreas right now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, take that for the ice
2: finally defrosted as of uh 36 hours ago or or give or take so thank god the, the roads are drivable i'm back in in my apartment in houston shout out to hannah's family for having us avoid freezing over here without any water so
1: yeah you don't smell like garbage anymore that's another plus yeah
2: i got to take i had to take two two days in a row of hot showers so I'm counting my blessings.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everybody That's...
2: else in Texas has now been able to do the same.
1: Definitely, it's been it's been crazy. So I'm glad you're uh, you're safe. I know you know we're all looking out for the rest of you in Texas. Hopefully, everyone else stays safe as well, stay warm. Uh, but let's get into this Chelsea Southampton match. Uh, not not the ideal outcome coming out with a one-one draw. Uh, especially given the circumstances where you know it's just another one of those matches where we had the ball way more than them we had way more chances than them we just couldn't put them away the only real you know the only goal we got was came off a penalty which has been something that you know most of our goals in the past couple matches have come off penalties so uh it's it's been a recurring theme but you know this is the same southampton side that lost nine nil to uh main United and we can't even beat them. So a little bit discouraging, but you know, it's, again, it's not the end of the world. I think that given our recent form, uh, tw- uh, Chelsea, Twitter took this loss a little bit, uh, more mildly than, than not I, even I a it loss. Have been. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it felt, it feels like a loss. I, I know. I, 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 I always say loss, but it feels like a loss, but Let's run through the starting lineup before we get in. Mendy back in goal. Uh, back three of Rudy Zuma and Dave, uh, Reese James and Marcos Alonso at wing back. Uh, we had ran the double the double pivot midfield with Kovacic and Conte. Um, Mason Mountain and Timo Werner out wide, and Tammy, who we thought could be out for some uh, for an extended time, uh, actually was fit to pl- to start this match. Didn't last too long. Uh, he was taken off at half for Cho, uh, and Cho's, Cho's run didn't last much longer because he was, uh, yanked, uh, at the 76th minute. So he only had about 15 or sorry, uh, where's my math, 20 30. minutes, 30 minutes of play. <laughs> oh man. Last, last week we, we added up how many games were remaining so fast but now I had trouble figuring out what 76 (laughs) minus 46 was. So, uh, that's, that's, that's partial good credit by us. But I think that was definitely the biggest talking point of the match. Uh, Cho being subbed off after just 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, we'll start off with going over the quotes that Tuchel said, uh, both after the match and also a little bit later after he had some time to think and reflect. So, um, The this he began by saying after the match in a game that's hard to create chances you need to rely on counter pressing to maybe force errors to get a second ball and get an easy chance for that you need to be totally on and totally sharp I didn't feel this from Callum today so some harsh some harsh words I don't think it was that bad but you know it's it's I I prefer him to be honest and realistic uh, then to sugarcoat it. And then later on, uh, another quote you said was for me, this is absolutely not a big deal or not a big thing and only becomes one if people want to talk about it. Wow. I, th- I feel like Tuchel talking directly to us. It's, <laughs> we're, we're talking about it, making a big deal, but is, is it, is it really
0: a big deal? Zach, what do you think? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a concern. Um, still at this point, I think. I I think we're getting into good positions. Like Tuchel keeps saying over and over again, we're getting into the right spaces, and we're we're working the ball really well for the first eighty meters, as he likes to put it. Um, but you know, the last twenty meters is is where we have a problem, and he kept harping on that in the post match, um, and it was evident. I mean, I had a note here um that i took during the match and 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 i always say this too but like i i earmark all my notes with the minute that i write the note in just to give me some kind of context on where i am mentally when i wrote the note so 42 minutes into the match uh and rudy has had the only shot on goal that i can remember from 35 yards out zuma had a chance on a set piece nobody on this team shoots at all there have been opportunities to shoot but for some reason these guys just don't shoot. That's exactly what my note says, and that's that's kind of how I feel, and I share that that sentiment with Tuchel in a way. Um, I, I I think that's the main concern is is trying to get these guys confident enough to to pick and choose their spaces in a game to to just have a shot at goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that that's that was the main concern uh, overall in a match. I don't think it's a matter of not being able to create chances because. We always get into really good positions, um, and and the setup that we have puts our, you know, our best attacking player in Timo Werner in really good positions. And in this game, it was Mason Mount doing most of the dirty work for us. Um, but there was just not enough help there. It it seemed like he was all alone doing everything on his own. So <clears throat> I
1: don't I don't know how many margaritas you had, but you definitely didn't answer my question at all. But. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Andreas. Let's talk about chill a little bit. (laughs) Let's let's do this.
2: Listen, (laughs) obviously at halftime, Tuchel gave this kid instruction. As fans, we only saw his work on the ball. and We're like, oh, he brought a spark because off of his pass, Mount got fouled and got the penalty. But if a manager tells you, if a manager thinks that he has to pull a starter in the 45th minute to get the right – mindset right energy and you're the guy that he's bringing on you on for you better listen to those instructions and if cho did it then it is what it is like i don't see any issue with this and i'm gonna be very blunt and call me oh you're just saying that because you're american but if the kid's not english if this would have been Polisic, if this would have been Werner, if this would have been kai havertz nobody would blink an eye and and, and that is my frustration here because Cho is still a young kid and he's not a perfect product. And if he's not going to be able to take some coaching and constructive criticism when he doesn't do something correctly, then he's not going to meet his potential. I fully believe that Cho is still going to start on Tuesday, but until then, the media is going to find anything and any reason to repeat this over and over again, how Tuchel has burnt the bridge with Chelsea's bright talents and yada, yada, yada. But that happened on Saturday morning, and today quotes from Mason Mount came out about how everything is great and how they're learning so much under the new manager. So this is just the latest thing to bring back, oh, this would have never happened under Frank Lampard. And this is just the kind of buzz the media wants to create. So take whatever side you want. I think the coach did the right thing by being blunt and honest about what he was asking for and what he didn't get. And it's now up to Cho whether he wants to take that as a moment to improve upon his performance, or if he's going to continue to to moan about it and and maybe lose minutes. So I don't see mm-hmm. it as an issue. If they want to blame the game on that, go look at Reese James for missing a chance from ten yards out because there was mm-hmm. nobody around him and he missed the frame altogether.
1: Right at the end of the match.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah I know. Round.
1: that was that was that was bad. Exactly. so Sorry, so so
0: now i know where, where we're at uh-huh. um, in terms yeah. of the script uh <laughs> no andres i i completely agree with you um what i'm gonna say is not my opinion it's just matter of fact um if the opportunity comes for the manager to see that a sub needs to be made at halftime the manager has the right to make that sub right the manager also has the right to analyze that player under the same microscope that all the other 10 players who have already been on the pitch are being analyzed under as well. With that being said, if that player is not performing his job or doing what the manager is asking, in this case, whatever Tuchel was asking Cho to do, he wasn't doing, winning those balls in the half spaces. He talked about his attitude. I'm guessing the counterpress was the main issue because that was something I even noticed when I was watching the match. But if the manager is noticing that there's a clear issue there and that specific player is not helping the team. And in fact, he's, he's hindering the team from doing what he's trying to do. Then the manager is well within his right to pull that player off. If it helps the team, if the main goal in mind is to win that particular game, I have absolutely no problem with it. And at this point in time, I believe everything Tuchel is saying. Um, I don't think there's any sort of ulterior motive here. Um, Granted, there is a message being sent to the dressing room that complacency is, is just not allowed. Tuchel talked about um missing that last five or ten percent or, or, or lacking that extra five or ten percent in matches when you're coming off the bench. He said it's not possible to come off the bench and impact a game lacking that five or ten percent. So whatever Cho was doing um or not doing got him the hook. And Andres, I mean it, to the whole like American point, I feel like if this was any other, anyone other than Cho, yeah, I, I feel like the rhetoric might be a little different. But I still feel like this would have been an issue because this is something that the media could pick Tuchel on. Because up to this point, what has the guy really done wrong? He hasn't lost any matches. Um, he changed the setup. He's brought the players that were in the dark into the light. I think he's sort of given us a breath of fresh air in a sense. And the media is always going to latch on to anything they can. To just kind of put a negative cloud over us just so they can have a story and for me this was one of those situations now for Cho um there's no doubt that this is the this a kick in the balls for a player I'm not discounting that uh or the effect that it could have on a player mentally it sucks uh getting subbed out uh only after you know being subbed back in a half an hour earlier there's there's nothing good about that but but now it's on him to kind of turn it around and You know, I was watching the press conference and I just kind of went through uh, a wave of emotions there because my initial thing was I was confused as hell as to why we pulled Cho off when we actually could have fit in another attacking player. My initial reaction was, okay, we're probably going to bring ZS on and play him on the same side as Cho and have Cho move to wing back um, and have ZS just play inside of him. Um, And that would have made sense. So tactically I didn't necessarily agree with the switch but in terms of what Tuchel was um in terms of what Tuchel was trying to conveying. accomplish the message he's conveying exactly you cannot be complacent in this team and and unfortunately for Cho he was a victim of that but now it's on him he said at the end it's all forgotten tomorrow and mm-hmm. and I believe him when he says that I think a lot of Chelsea fans don't um and and and, and that's their problem uh, because like I said, <laughs> the guy really hasn't done or said anything wrong up to this point. I, I think he's validated in, in making that choice to sub him out.
2: Not just that, man. Like, too, like, like, I hate to do this, but if Lampard is our manager today, we don't even see Cho on the pitch. So if Cho's going to get butt hurt by his coach coaching him, then figure it out. Do you want to be on the pitch or not? Like, too cool, yeah. wants literally is Built literally created a system where Cho is quote unquote a wing back, but he gets to do everything he likes to do on the ball. He gets to be wide. He likes to dribble at people. He gets to create. So th- this idea now that that Tukel's losing the dressing room is so lazy because the player <laughs> that's being discussed is actually his favorite player on this team right
0: now besides maybe
2: Werner besides maybe
0: Werner the thing people are taking out of context is just those individual one-liners but if you look at his whole interview he compliments the hell out of Cho at the same time criticizing him on the things he deserves to be constructively criticized on I didn't take it as an ego as, as an ego trip or a power trip or anything like that I took it as a manager managing his team and managing his dressing room, and him sending that message, dude. That's a good. That's a good thing for me because if if we look at uh, under Frank's tutelage, and you could even go back as far back as sorry, there has been issues in this dressing room uh, in regards to uh, the mentality of this team at times we do get complacent. The players don't perform in big matches at times. Sometimes they do need to shake a shake a, a good jolt to wake up. And sometimes they do need to be frozen out of the team for an extended period of time. I mean, the fact that we've essentially had to reboot this team three times with three different managers in the last three years kind of tells you everything you need to know. And I love that Tuchel's coming in and just putting his foot down and saying, no, this is the way I'm going to run things. If you're, you're going to give me 95%, I'm going to play the guy that's giving me 100 and that's his point. So and another I, thing I fucking love it.
1: Another thing to th- consider is that you were just saying how, you know, they cre- he created this this system in having Cho playing wingback, and that's where we saw him uh, get the best out of him. And when he came in, he was playing a more narrow role, uh, you know, switching with Timo and with Mason Mount, you know, in between like who's the more central guy who was playing a little bit more wide, and I think that was a lot of instruction for him to pick up on and playing a role that he hasn't played under Tuchel. Um, and, you know, that has to go into it a little bit as well. Like he's not, he's being asked to do different things coming on mid match. I know? think that's so...
2: extremely fair criticism. Zom. And I think we can say that the, the manager got it wrong playing Cho centrally, but the, yeah. the issue is that that's not the, that's not what's being talked about. Right. Nobody he's is saying that, that tuchel oh tuchel played show in the wrong place like if that was what you were complaining about i'd be like okay to each their own like i can see your point there but that's not what's being discussed what's being discussed is is that tuchel is is forcing his ego down this team's throat and and yada 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 like and here's the thing because it's hindsight 2020 because ziash was god awful but if ziash comes on and gets an assist Everyone's going to be clapping. It's like a genius. Masterstroke.
1: (laughs)
0: Fantastic from Tuchel. But just because he got it wrong. The
1: the results dictate
0: it for sure. Andres, what about this? What if we're 2 1 up and Tuchel subs on and takes off Cho? Is Nobody, it the, says, it, a Nobody
2: exactly. says a
0: Exactly. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. We're 2-1 up. Oh, he was playing like shit anyways. He should have gotten sub. That would have been the rhetoric. Yeah, it would have been like, yeah, oh, here we go again. This managerial merry-go-round where we only hire <laughs> these <laughs> so statistical it's like, dude, maniacs. It's obnoxious Whatever. because Whatever. everything's going to
2: be turned into Tuchel versus Frank or Frank versus the next guy. Like, I'm so sorry that Thomas Tuchel's name is not Thomas Tuxon and he's from London. Like, I'm so over this crap. Like, again, if you're going to be pissed, be pissed that. The guys that missed the frame all game because the chances were there.
0: Like to, to be, mm-hmm, Go for it.
2: No, I'm just saying, like it, you're going to get mad. That's like recency bias. Oh, the last thing that happened is a Cho got subbed and Zieck was shit. What happened to every single thing that happened before that, even in the first half where we didn't score, or the fact yeah. that, be mad at Zuma for completely forgetting that he's playing in a back three and shifting way left, allowing Minamino to have a about a 10-yard radius on each side of him to walk into the goal like if you're gonna get mad about this match the list of things that you need to put above this Cho sub is pretty hefty and it goes back to the players on the pitch more so than the manager you can get mad at Tugel for playing Cho in centrally sure but even that is trumped by three or four things ahead of that
0: I was kind of surprised to see Cho coming in on as one of the inside tents I one of my criticisms of Tuchel in this game it was the fact that Cho didn't come on as a wing back i thought that's a perfect opportunity to just kind of throw on another attacking player whether on the left or the right i, I probably would have thrown him on the left hand side um and taken alonzo out because alonzo wasn't really didn't really have to defend for us much so why not just put an out and out attacker there um, but yeah i don't know man I, did did you kind of did you agree with that sub i mean when it was all kinda of happening, it was the first time in Tuchel's reign where I'm just kind of I'm kinda of like, ooh, that was I weird. mean, I
2: it, whenever I thought Tammy had to be pulled. I did not think he had a great first yeah. half. Yeah. At halftime I was thinking Tammy and Alonzo off. And then of course we never got Alonzo off, but I thought that it would just mean Werner would play centrally, period. And and I didn't see much of that, uh, personally. So
0: it was weird. It was more like Mount. What? What this.
2: a crazy concept that a manager can get it wrong in a match. What a yeah. crazy concept. I'm but this.
0: but 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 you know what? It, it, it's not even anything to get mad about because how many matches in is he? And and I mean these these kind of mistakes need to happen because he's gonna. He, he, here's the difference. Uh, between between what what I think the difference is between him and Frank is I think Tuchel is going to learn from the mistakes that he makes. I don't think he's going to constantly repeat them and just continue this cycle of insanity over and over and over again. He's going to look at it and be like, okay, uh, maybe Cho isn't as effective in that position. Maybe I just need to simplify directions for him a little bit, and putting him at wing back will do that when he's coming off the bench because at that point he's just running in straight lines and he's not necessarily cutting inside and playing in a in a fluid front 3 he's you know strictly staying in his position so maybe that's maybe that's something he could take a look at also another thing he could take a look at is the impact Ziyech has coming off the bench i think one thing that this uh, that i well one for frank, one frank is, has missed and two i think Tuchel is is missing is that ziyech is not up the pace with the physicality of this league yet by, in no way, shape, or form. The, the the game is played way too quickly for him, and he's constantly getting bumped off the ball or losing the ball with a heavy touch. They, there needs to be some sort of slower integration for Zsh. I think. I don't think you can baptize a guy like that by fire. I, I, the last couple times we have gotten a look at him, he hasn't looked great. Um, and it's not just his touch. And, and, and that's that's my concern. So are, are you
1: arguing that he's getting rushed in because yeah, I think that, I, I mean I, he's 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 I barely playing.
0: No, but the thing is, he's coming off the bench and expected to perform in a match where we need a goal. It's different if you're bringing a guy like Ziyech on in a game where you know it's it's we're, we're two goals up with 20 minutes to go and we just need to ice the game. That that kind of makes sense. But yeah. to be fair to Tuchel. I think that's what he was going for when he put Cho in one of the in the front three initially. But then when it kind of went tits up, he had to go for Plan B, and you know, no Havertz, no Pulisic. It's really only Zia or Giroud. Um, and at that case, I probably would have picked Giroud. I felt like a man, just somebody to just hold up play and slow things down would have would have done us a ton of good.
2: See, yeah. I I, I kind of see what you're saying, Zach. But to to kind of bring it back to this fall when everything was. Fine and dandy and we were winning every game. I feel like even then zesh learned to grow into the match. I never thought Ziesh looked good in the first five minutes. It was always like, oh, minute 40 and onward, zesh was good.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah. and again, maybe that's on the manager again. Tukul just got here and he knows that he can get something out of Ziesh and he doesn't know how. And and maybe the thing is you have to start zesh and and hope you have the the breathing room to let him get into the game because even when he started, unfortunately for him in the FA Cup, that, that was an awful pitch. And Barnsley was pressing really hard. And being a championship side, they're super physical. So all of that was playing against Zish, But Zish has shown us he can figure this league out. But it always takes him about like 30 minutes to, to get himself established into the match. Now, you bring up another good point. Pulisic and Havertz were not available to, to change things up a bit in those central roles, and that could have been a, a thing. But, I mean, it's – the Ziyech situation is a little bit more complicated. He still hasn't figured it out, and and it stinks because, you know, at the beginning when everything was working again, we thought, oh, he's – he has figured it out. It took him no time. But, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on now.
0: The The thing with Zia that that just completely trumps me – is uh, you know, I, he's done it in the Champions League man so everybody that has the reasoning of he's too lightweight he can't do it in the Premier League cuz I'm, I'm starting to see that now i i don't really buy it how many times have we seen this guy put in huge performances in huge Champions League matches um i, I don't know um but 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 to your point, Andres. Yeah, we haven't seen him start a game well, uh, and that's even in the games that he's played well in overall. Um, so, so bringing him off the bench is kind of like to my point. It just feels like it's a little rushed. But yet again, I mean, the options were kind of limited in this game. I would have brought Giroud on, play him as a point. You get Werner back out on the left. You drop mount back into the midfield and you probably pull Kovacic at that point. Um, and then that way you have a little bit more of a direct attacking player in the midfield next to Conte and another attacker up top. But um, yeah, I mean, he went with Ziyech. And to be fair, I think Ziyech is a victim of his own success. The fact that he's been so brilliant and has this reputation of being a magician uh, is kind of working against him right now because I think he needs a little bit more time to just kind of figure it out. But
1: did you guys hear uh Tuchel's injury update? Uh, I think it was the day before the match. Um he did he mentioned that Havertz would be able to join us uh for this match against Southampton. So, um you know the, him not being on the bench. I think he he's probably going to be back for Atletico on the bench like that's just not does not seem the right match to bring him back for. But um,
0: but doesn't that you know, seem like have... the perfect match to propel yourself to?
1: I mean, because if you think about it, also our next upcoming matches. I mean, have you guys taken a look at our upcoming yeah. schedule? Uh, the next three league matches we have uh, at home against United, uh, at Anfield, and then at home against Everton. Um, so to like, be
2: fair, Anfield doesn't mean what
1: Anfield used to mean. So
2: <laughs>
1: it was just, uh, it was just, a, just to let you guys know where the match was going to be played, no benefit or whatsoever, but, um, it's still, obviously, you know, those, these are three teams that have been hot and cold, just like every other team, just like atletico as well coming up.
0: Um, those are like two cold? of the top three German coaches or two of, yeah, probably the top like five German coaches, in the cool. world that that Klopp and uh, Tuchel. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that'll I mean I'm a, just saying that'll be, that'll like, it, this just doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh matches upcoming to test that kind of stuff like, you know, to play yeah. to play Ziyech. You know, I mean you you can start Ziyech but still like, you know, to get him to get him to get the feel of the match. Hi, Kai Havertz getting him back into uh, you know, game sh- fitness and you know, it's just we we at least for the next couple of weeks, it's gonna be Tuchel have to playing have to be playing his best cards, I think. Um, and there's very yeah. little room for him to uh, experiment or mess around or anything like that. Like one small, you know, decision like bringing in Cho uh, and having him play narrow um, when you have other options. Uh, we... we, we we won't be able to get away with that uh, against other teams. I mean, we didn't really get away with it against Southampton. I mean, still came away with one point, but I mean, with with uh, West Ham won today, huh? So now they're back ahead of us. Um, yeah, so, they beat Spurs. So that was a bittersweet win. You know, there's always a, a you know it's bad that we go down, but it's great. Always great to see Spurs lose. So uh, I'll take it. Um, Let's uh, let's wrap up this match recap by talking a little bit about Tammy and then uh, the effect taking him off had on the front three. So, um, like I said before, we were worried that he would miss time. And, you know, when he was taken off at half, it was, you know, speculated that maybe it was an injury concern. Um, but Tuchel did say that he was just hooked and it was, it was not because of his injury. Um, so, you know, without, without considering last match where he, he came off really, uh, really quickly. He's had a couple poor runs, uh, out there at striker. Um, and you know, I mean like even uh, I've been seeing in our replies, we've got a lot of hate for Tammy. (laughs) We actually got one, uh, Tom Ashdown, uh, at Tom Ashdown, 15, uh, one of our, uh, email pen pals. He said, definitely should have won the match. I really feel Abraham is costing us in the final third. I did a player camera on him for 45 minutes. He's a lower level player. Werner looked dangerous. Pulisic doesn't seem to be fit. Do you see a future for Tammy and Pulisic? Um, so I know those are kind of together in one, um, and we didn't even see Pulisic play this match so I don't know what he's talking about with that but with the Tammy thing I mean how concerned are you I'll, I'll start with you Zach since you're Team Tammy how concerned are you with what you saw uh, in the first first half and uh, how mad are you at, at what Tom's saying
0: <laughs> I don't think he's a lower level striker um, I think a potentially really, really quality striker uh, that's in a side that's built, that's in a side and at a club that's built to win now, um, and he's kind of suffering a bit because of it. I'm not going to back him up and say his performance has been his performances have been good because they haven't. Uh, the hold up play, uh, the inability to stay on his feet in crucial moments, um, he doesn't really fight through adversity all too much the game seems to get into his head uh, way too easily. And 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 that's been really the only criticism that we've had of him um, when he stops scoring and when his form dips. Because when this guy is on it, he gives you the hold-up play. He gives you the runs in behind. He gives you that burst of pace, power. He's great in the air. His finishing ability is awesome when he's on form. But the trouble is getting him on form and keeping them there. Um, that's that's something he needs to figure out. Um, there's a lot of talk about Chelsea being in for a striker in the summer. Holland's name's been thrown around, but, but listen, everybody's going to be in for him. The bottom line is um, the names are going to keep coming, whether it's Holland or someone else. I think we're going to look to upgrade in that area if Tammy doesn't come good at the end of the season. Um, it's been two years now where he's been the guy um, and we've seen it in flashes. And yes, he is our leading scorer in the league. And yes, he does have the quality. I think he still has the ability to be that guy for us. But the, but to answer your question, Sam, uh, it is a concern at this point. It, it, it does need a turnaround uh, sooner rather than later. We're at a point where we're approaching the toughest six-match run of our whole entire season, um, Champions League included. We need big performances in all of those matches, and it comes down to our strikers. Um, we've done everything right as a team since Tuchel has come in, but score goals, and we pay our number nines to score goals. Uh, so, so it, it it's a matter of it just needing to come to fruition now. Otherwise, um, I think Tuchel is going to start looking elsewhere and start thinking of other ideas to get, uh, you know, Werner or maybe Giroud some more minutes at the nine. What do you think, Andreas? Uh, it's,
2: it's just, I mean, we can't find consistency at the number nine. And it's just frustrating at this point because one player plays a good match and then the next two, they're not good. And, and that seems to be the story of, of the strikers this year. Yeah, we're linked to Holland and that's not shocked. We're linked to Lukaku as well again. I think Zach, you're talking about he needs to be at a team that's ready to win now and and here's the the harsh truth that's the only thing Chelsea knows how to do in terms of how they think about squad building and yeah if 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 we manage to get top four, sorry to tammy, but this is gonna be the system we're gonna be playing most likely or at least this sort of style and so one way or another, whether it's adapting or 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 maybe like you said maybe it's just not his style one of those two things is going to come to light and whether then it's going to be one or the other whether he stays or not long term is going to be up to him because again we're creating chances we're trying to get into good positions but if our strikers can't find the back of the net that's the easiest thing to replace right uh if one defender one defender can fix a back line because it's a group effort to defend, but if the pass is getting to the striker and the striker's not hitting the frame, you know where the mistake is there. So it's easier to find a mistake in a striker. And right now, I, I put it into our Discord. We we always joke that when Tammy's not having a good game, he looks like a giraffe learning how to walk, and it just it was one of those it was one of those games for him. Simple well, as that.
0: Well to to, to just kind of add to your point and to back it up, um, we look at our past strikers, Diego Costa, Drug Buzz, guys that are guys that had the ability to win us games on their own and guys that had the ability to score goals when they were playing like shit. And it seems like none of these guys have the ability to do that but Giroud. And there's this reluctance to rely on a 34-year-old Frenchman. I wonder why. Um... But he's the only guy that could really that that I could confidently say will do that more often than not. You know, put in a good performance. When you look at Tammy, you're just not seeing that pattern of four or five games on the spin of, you know, this is my fucking position. Nobody else is going to beat me out for this. And in in Giroud's defense, yeah, he's been playing great. But and, and this is not a knock on Tammy. It's just reality. Tammy shouldn't even be letting Drew have a sniff at the position. Same thing goes with Werner. If Tuchel's so sold on playing Werner off to the left, Tammy shouldn't be letting anybody come near him. And the fact of the matter is the performances are doing the complete opposite. It's making us think of other options. If the team is winning games and if the team is still playing this way where it's possession and... You know, a lot of wasted opportunities, a little bit of frustration in the final third, but we're winning games. I don't think there's as big of a frustration. Um, you know, if, if we had a striker that's scoring a goal and, and getting us over that line, we're not as worried about guys like Werner not scoring or playing Mason Mount in the attacking position and losing out on a guy like Pulisic or Ziyech. We're not complaining or worrying about those issues anymore. Um, so having a striker, in a sense, solves a lot of things just like bringing in a new center back does for the defense, bringing in a striker can't necessarily carry you through the whole season. Um, but it could carry you through a rough patch. And for, for Tuchel, if we had a striker that was ready, made, you know, a pure goal scorer, um, someone really prolific, uh, just at the peak of their game, this might have made that transition with Tuchel much easier, and we might have found these answers um, formation-wise, personnel-wise, a lot quicker if we had a striker that was firing. But it seems like everything—the main focus right now for Tuchel and his staff—is the striker. You know, it would solve so many problems if we had someone there ready-made. So get going, going after a guy like Holland or going after a guy like Lukaku. I know a lot of Chelsea fans are getting kind of offended and saying, "Hey, like, isn't it too early?" There's do you want to win trophies? That's the counter. Um, I mean, Andres, what do you think about it? Because those rumors, like, as much as I am Team Tammy and I love Tammy, we have to be linked to players like that. We have to be linked to to the best of the best, no? Or, 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 or do we give him a little bit more time beyond this season? Let, let's say this kind of run of form continues. Do you stick with him at the end of the season? Yes or no?
2: Why does he have to be the starter if we get someone better? Exactly,
0: and, and
2: that's. It's my not. Point. I'm not yeah. saying sell him. I'm not like yeah. again. It's not saying sell him. Like, sorry to 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 use old players here, but Anelka was fine as a second fiddle. Like you can make a career out of that. Like Drogba was the man, and Anelka still contributed to a shit ton of goals.
0: But, but we, were, we were wrong with that. We were able to like, kind of fit Anelka in on the left, though. I mean, he was coming off the bench here and there, but I mean, he and was later starter, in his maybe.
1: career versus Tammy, who was still young in his career.
0: You know, I I, I don't know. Different. I think I think the thing with Tammy is is like, it's a lot of talk and no bite, or a lot of bark and no bite right now. And when he first started it was the opposite. I mean, he was just banging in goals from the beginning and we all thought we had our number nine. Like I remember how psyched we were when we came on the podcast and talked about how cool it was that he took the number nine shirt and just said, fuck the curse, you know? And that's when, you know, <laughs> we're all like, Oh my God, this guy's for real. And yeah. I still think he is. Um, but it, it's more the mental side because we've seen him hold the ball up. We've seen him score goals. We've seen him outrun defenders for size and or for pace and with size, I just don't – it's it, it's all in the head for me. It, it just kind of – once the game gets in his head, he's, he just kind of goes.
1: And I got three words for you guys. Erling, Braut, Holland. There we go, baby. He's coming. You guys ready for it?
0: I'm sure he'd love to. <laughs> you guys ready? No? I'm, I'm sure he'd know. love to play under seven different managers in his eight years here. <laughs> all right um God. Let's, wait let's can yeah. we
2: before we get rid, done with this can we just talk about the fact that mason mount yet again with another fantastic performance for 90 minutes i mean as much as as much as i can like criticize his passing he's still on paper our best player based on performances yeah i i can't say enough about the kid's work engine and, and i just think he's I'm glad he got to take his penalty because he did everything to earn that and more during that match. And, and the other thing is in Conte fantastic uh, with winning the ball right back and, and making sure that we can keep ticking through, through Southampton's press. So yeah, I just wanted to point those two things out because I know we talked a lot about other stuff, but we, we really needed to to at least acknowledge those two performances.
0: I think it's important to note also on the Conte front that it is possible to play this formation and have a fluid, possessing team with Conte in it. Um, if you play Kovacic next game, granted some of the passes um, did get kind of sloppy towards the end of the game, but I mean the whole fucking team got sloppy, so it'd be kind of unfair to to single out Conte in that respect. But it, it, it's really good to see him at his best in that first half, specifically the way he was winning the ball back was it just kind of – it gave me a sense of calmness in regards to Conte because he's been getting a lot of flack from Chelsea fans. And in a way, I'm just kind of like, fucking damn right, Angolo stick it to him, man. Like, show everybody that you're still world class because he is. I mean, that, that, that first half was ridiculous. It was a throwback performance. Uh, I guess just
1: kind of to build on uh, what we were talking about with Tammy, Uh, We did get a question from Ron aka bone daddy cool aka bone daddy deluxe aka bone daddy supreme He asked us. Why can't we score goals since Eden Hazard left? We've had tons of opportunities, but no end product WTF I mean, it's it's just been (laughs) it really has been a very frustrating and reoccurring theme where we have tons of chances and you know, like these are the, a lot of these chances I, I watch Matt, you know, I, I watch matches other than Chelsea matches. And I see so many goals that go in because of a lucky bounce uh, because of the deflection, because of, you know, a lot of different reasons. We, we just don't get any luck whatsoever with our finishing. Um, you know, I mean, just to, you know, just uh, our poor finishing aside, we also don't get lucky with the bad shots. Like, it's nothing works for us. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very uh, frustrating. Andres, where do you see the goals coming?
2: When we start shooting inside the box. I mean, yeah. that would be a great start. And the other thing is you can get lucky if you hit the frame. I, I hate to go back to, to Reese James's shot, but goodness. Like, lean over the ball. They teach you that since you're like 10. That was so bad. Like, when you're that close and you're coming in from across, the keeper has to shift his – he he has to react so fast. Even if you hit it right at him, it might go in because the guy is looking all the way to his right, has to shift as he chases the ball in the air with his eyes to then realize that there was somebody right there waiting for it. Like, dude, such easy stuff like that that we just don't do. Like, we don't need to score a perfect upper 90 to score. It's – we don't. Like – just ask Werner last week. It can trickle into the net. It, we just don't do that. Nobody wants to take a contested shot inside the box. I don't understand. I, I don't get it. And and it starts there. It's having a little bit, enough confidence to just put it on frame when it, you're inside the box. That's the first thing I ask for. I'm not asking for Eden Hazard-esque moments by any means. But part of the reason Eden Hazard scored so much is because he believed he could. He took shots from Awful angles.
0: And sometimes. he still didn't shoot enough.
2: And even then, he still didn't shoot enough. Correct. But the, I'm thinking of our example, that that wonder goal in the FA Cup against Liverpool where he, like, st- stole the ball from Aspie and, and dribbled from the right side. He had no business scoring from that angle. But he took a hard shot on target. The keeper thought he was going to go the other way. And he scored. You have to... <laughs> What's that Wayne Gretzky quote that Michael Scott says in the office? You
0: miss like, 100% of the shot. Or, yeah.
2: What
0: is, what is
2: it? Yeah, you, you miss, miss 100%, 100% of the shots, the shots you don't take. take. Yeah. That's Wayne Gretzky, it. Michael
1: Scott. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but
0: I, 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 it, it's, I it's, it's the most – I think Tuchel came into this team, and I think the frustration for him, and he probably tells his staff this every time – the camera pans to him when it shows his reaction. When we don't shoot, I don't think he's had a more technical group of players who are so technically inept inside the eighteen yard box. I, it's 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 baffling. Like last week, I was criticizing Kovacic as being one of our top three most technical players and being terrible in front of goal. And now there's Reese James who's, who may be in that conversation as one of the most technical players on our team who missed an absolute sitter in this one. And, um, and, and, and to be fair, to be fair to Reese James, I think this one came down to more composure than technique. I think Kovacic just doesn't, I think Kovacic finds himself in positions that he just is is not used to finding himself in a lot um, when he's in the 18 yard box. And for Reese James, That's an area where he should be comfortable. So that's just a matter of composure mixed with fatigue. But my lord, we have to be able to put some of these chances away because you look at this game, they really essentially only had one major opportunity to score, which was besides Minamino's goal, which was that header. Um, I think it was Vestergaard, the one that hit the post. A team like Atletico, they not only score the first goal like Southampton did, but they score that header, and they probably create another couple chances, another couple goal scoring chances in the process of scoring those two goals. Atletico is going to create chances against us, they're going to create a lot of issues, and we have to be able to score the goals when opportunities come, because they're not going to give us many of them. Um, It's... It's a major issue, man. I don't know what it is. Do these guys not think that they have the ability to score? Do do we not have any of those arrogant, I'm going to score 25 goals a season no matter what. I don't care if we win or lose. No, we don't. I care about my stats more than anything. But what I was going to say is that's what we're fucking missing, man. We need an arrogant piece of shit goal scorer that just doesn't give a fuck about anything but scoring goals. Like I Erling Braut-Holland. Erling
1: Braut-Holland.
0: What, what, what a perfect amount of arrogance, class, personality. I I love him, man. He's my favorite young player outside of Chelsea right now, like He's a lot of other crazy, people. crazy,
1: man. He's absolutely bonkers right now. But... I like him more than Mbappe. I'm not even going to lie. Dude, there
2: was a guy on the ground injured. And Schalke, instead of trying to kick it out for their own teammate, try to pass it backwards in the middle. It went to Holland, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna score.
0: I'm just gonna." Dr- I'm, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. care.
1: He doesn't. They care. They all
2: got pissed at him, and it's like, "Well, don't pass it backwards towards the striker that can
0: that has a laser beam for a left foot." Like, yeah, I feel I feel like Lukaku or, or, or Lukaku. I feel like Holland is like an upgrade on Lukaku. Playing style, finishing ability, <laughs> physicality. Dude, they're both like 6'4", 180, but the most ath- or four like 200, but the most athletic dudes you'll ever come across on the field in, in any position. Like it- Mbappe from a standstill to full sprint, it- is- it's like watching a racehorse. It's insane. The-, the amount of speed that guy is able to pick up, just like Lukaku. I don't know. Right, I think let, I think that's the exact back. profile. <laughs> I think, but, but but to be fair, that's the exact profile of player we're missing. Is yeah. someone that has the ability to physically impose himself on a game, but also score bags of goals like Diego, Co- like like all the strikers we just mentioned.
1: And I think like like Giroud is like seventy five percent of that. You know, he's, he's not, at he's, minus but he's, the pace, like, the mentality, like, or the mentality of trying to be like I, mean, I don't know. I think he's just—he's kind of accepted his role as the backup or second striker. Like he'll never be the number one guy for a top club kind of guy, and that's that's just yeah. I don't know. Well, let, let's just tie it back because uh, we're getting a little off track. But we, here, let's go to this question right here. I like I like this question because I like this guy's name at Blaze Caruso. Um, I just wanted to. <laughs> Just wanted to bring that up because Alex Caruso bricked a game winner yesterday, and it was pretty funny. Um, but
0: shout out <laughs> Alex Caruso,
1: Caruso, shout out NBA to NBA champion Caruso. Alex Caruso, uh, NBA bubble champ. Uh, he says since, <laughs> since we didn't create many chances to discuss, can you guys rank your favorite Janippo foul of his four suffered? Janippo, uh, I've seen him play so many times, and it just. I can't understand how he is so like he's very talented he's very skilled he's very technical and it just like when I see him run it it just doesn't like he doesn't look like he's a great soccer player like he doesn't look like an athlete you know what I mean like he's very skinny he's very he's he's thin and uh like I don't know like we talk about how Tammy runs like a baby giraffe he runs like like an infant giraffe like this guy I I don't know why it he he's one of the the players in uh, the premier league who just surprises me uh he's a lot better than he looks uh <laughs> but a lot um, better than he looks I know. he's actually
0: re- he's actually really good
1: i know i I've, I've i don't know why i've i've watched like a handful of southampton matches and just like he stood out to me and it's just like like what like how is he doing all this uh and he just looks like he can't run I, like I f- I think he has bow legs, like b- like bowed legs. That's why it looks weird when he runs. Yeah. But I don't know,
0: but, like an East Coast situation.
1: <laughs> Eastco, yeah. If I said East Coast, I think I don't know, bro. Does e- Does East Coast East have bow Coast. legs? I don't uh,
0: know maybe all the t- Maybe all the the Tim's. I don't know. Yeah,
1: the Tim's. Does, yeah, the, for do sure. those
0: cause uh, bow legs?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'll look. I'll look it up. We'll do a scientific <laughs> study into that. All right, uh, I that I just that wasn't a real question. I just wanted to say the name. Uh, but he, he, here's a good one. This one's from at black emoji, and he included his so what I thought would be his real name, Stefano Di, Di Mera, Stefano DiMera, and I was like, wow, he's Italian. Like I had no idea. Uh, and you know, I just had a sneaking suspicion. I was like, I don't know. Just like I saw his picture. He don't know if he looks like a Stefano DiMera. And I did a Google search and it turns out Stefano DiMera is like one of, is like a big character in, uh, like the show days of our lives. So fake name. Uh, you almost, you almost got me with that, uh, black emoji. Unless mom loves
0: days of our lives.
1: Yeah. Then she probably knows who Stefano DiMera is uh yeah. he's like a he's a he's a doctor i think i don't know i, I didn't I read know. it whatever no but idea. uh he asks. so this one is is tough uh, help 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 him see the light okay this is what he puts it we're scrambling for top four we're underdogs in the champions league we have a caretaker manager do you guys have any advice on how to take how to care about this team for the rest of the season I'm trying not to clock out, but I need something more than tribal loyalty to, to devote my time and emotions right now. (laughs) I like this question a lot because it, I think I, at a certain, to a certain point that is uh, a majority of it, tribal loyalty, but also I I like to see, I mean, who who knows, who knows that this is a caretaker manager. We don't know that for sure. Like that, that's a, that's a thing to keep an eye out for. Like if, if Tuchel does an amazing job, like, he might be here for the long haul. Who knows? But four, I mean, right. he should. I got it. Four, I got this. I got his. this. Uh-huh, I'll go. I uh-huh. got this. Okay, okay, okay. The, the Let me paint
2: this picture. It is early February 2012. We're down 3-1 after visiting Naples. Villas-Boas gets fired. Caretaker. Roberto Di Matteo gets the helm. Things don't look much better in the league. He only brings back some old names that we had forgotten about.
1: Yeah, we and probably little, won't win Champions League, right? No, no, no there's no I'm way that just team wins give, Champions you, League. He asked me for a no, reason. I'm, to no, I'm saying watching. I'm saying that team in 2012, there's no way that team could win Champions oh, no, League, no, no, right? Oh, no, 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 There's no way. Somehow, of course not.
2: Somehow, after 120 minutes, beat Napoli.
0: Lamps Le- wasn't even in the oh, team.
2: Dodge. Dodge. Any big names in the next round and take care of Benfica, but oh, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona comes to town and that's it,
1: game nope. over. We're uh, we're done. We're through. Psych. Why, why do I even watch? Hmm? Psych. Wait, we
2: got what? Ramirez with a master chip and Torres dribbling the keeper and we are off to the finals. Fernando Torres.
0: Fernando
2: torres the same wow. guy that couldn't hit the wide side of a barn
0: bodybuilder fernando torres <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no the pre pre-bodybuilder
2: <laughs> and then you go to munich to face off Bayern munich in the final without john terry and we stand no chance Muller scores on us in extra time game over mm. nope on Mata corner, DDA Drogba in the front post. Neuer can't react. We're going to penalties. But oh, Ooh. you know, you know, football is a game where 22 men run for 90 minutes and the Germans always win. Wrong. 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 <laughs>
0: Football's a game where 22 men run around and Germans always win. I've never That's heard never, that one before. You never heard it's that? Cool by, uh, I've uh, never I've never heard that before. Who said that?
2: Oh my god, it is a British guy says that. I I swear, it's a real quote. Is that a sin that I don't know that?
1: No, I've heard it before, though. I'll Um, look it up. But, yeah, finish your – The uh...
2: point is, emoji, Roberto Di Matteo was a caretaker manager. We were underdogs in the Champions League. We were nowhere near the top four. And yet there was a reason to keep watching the Blues. So that's all I'm going to say.
1: Damn you definitely said it uh it was gary linker
0: thank you gary lineker Lineker. oh gary lineker yeah yeah well i mean patience is a virtue my friend (laughs) uh the longer you could hold on the better for your mental health honestly (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say yeah don't watch (laughs) Just yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's affecting you this much at this point i think i think maybe you should take a, a mini hiatus um for a match or two no at this point of the season you're going to be glued to the fucking tv and you're stressed out more than ever but what i will say is that tribal loyalty always wins over ration uh over rationality i guess i should say um so yeah, you're probably going to just remain loyal no matter what and you're still going to watch and you're still going to suffer and you're still going to cry. But it's all going to be okay cuz we're probably going to wind up winning a trophy sometime soon. That's just what the pattern of history has been. So hang in there, buddy.
1: Yep, history repeats itself. Uh, I like I like what both of you guys said. I I wouldn't I wouldn't give up though. I just I just love watching football and to watch my favorite team play just makes it more enjoyable. Even if we'd end up losing, I feel like it was, uh, and we still haven't lost. We haven't lost a match under Tuchel. That's the crazy part. Okay. Like if, if, if he was, if he was, uh, you know, if, if we were looking like shit, like I would understand, but we've looked decent, you know, that's, all, <laughs> that's the most I can say. We look decent, but, um, Let's let's move on to uh the preview. Champions League is back. Oh, I should have had the Champions League song queued up for that uh so I can give my rendition it's been a while. of it. I'll do it it's been a I'll while. do it next episode when we start it off. Um so of course scoreline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh this will be the first leg uh and we're going to be playing at a neutral site in Bucharest, but it is technically an away game for us, uh, so keep that in mind uh, when away goals are considered. Uh, so the last time we played Atletico was in the 2013-14 semis, uh, which actually coincidentally was the last time we won a tie in the knockout stage uh, of the Champions League. Uh, wait, and, wait, wait, uh, wait! What semis? Yeah, the 2013-14 semis when uh, we Atletico lost. Though. Yeah, we lost that. I'm saying that was the last time we played them, was mm-hmm. in the 13, 14 semis. We lost to them, but in, that in was... the
2: elimination rounds, right? We we had we had them in the group stage. The group Conte. stage.
1: Murata scored.
2: Oh, Blanc, yeah, that was in the group stage. Yeah, that
1: was that in was... the group stage. Oh wait, It was a right. Group then, stage. but was that Ule. was that was that was that was more recent. You're right. Uh, I think, this, that was I think, think first... this was the last time we played them in a knockout stage. Then there you Um go. That that's probably what under it was. Mourinho
2: because that's when we mm-hmm. got Diego Costa the next season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but that was also the last time, you know, we hadn't, we haven't won a match, uh, or won a tie in a knockout stage of the champions league since back then. So, um, you know, both teams looking good in their last, uh, you know, champions league matches, athletic unbeaten in their last five. We're unbeaten in our last six. Um, but you know, atletico is has been in a recent dip of form after winning four straight they've now uh had one win two draws and now are coming off of a loss in their past four matches they've gone seven straight matches without keeping a clean sheet um but you know they they're still a dangerous team with luis suarez right now 16 goals in 20 la liga appearances i think uh, is he still the the leading scorer in La Liga? Uh, I believe yes. so. Marcus Urente also someone to look at, look out for with eight goals, seven assists, uh, and twenty three assists uh, twenty three appearances. Um, so Zach, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to be seeing from Atletico?
0: It's interesting. Uh, this is the first season where we kind of are a little bit unsure what we're going to get formation wise from Atletico. Uh, generally you associate Diego Simeone with a very traditional 4-4-2, um, and he usually plays, uh, one center mid either on the right or left-hand side of, uh, that four-four-two. When he does deploy it, uh, with this Atletico team, it's usually Marcos Llorente who floats out wide and becomes that third attacker in the front three when, when they have possession of the ball, um. But what's interesting with Atletico this year is that they've actually deviated from it. Um, they played 16 times in La Liga this season with a back three. Um, But the interesting part is one of the players that they use in that system that's actually really key to it, um, who is Yannick Carrasco, um, Belgian winger. You guys probably uh, remember him. He was at Atletico before, and I think he went to China, uh, got his paycheck, and then came back. but anyways, he's crucial to that back three when Simeone does deploy it, um, and he's out. So there is an there is an opportunity there for them to play a 4-4-2. They might have to based on personnel. Um, but we really don't know whether it's going to be that whether he's going to counter our back three or go with a back four. What I can tell you is that if uh, if we remember, um, we've our back three have been countered on multiple occasions, um, and. Uh, it's been picked apart. Uh, so that's something that Tuchel should be a little wary of. Um, but going into this match, you probably have two of the best tacticians in world football going at it. I mean, it's going to be really fun to see how both managers kind of approach this game. Um, stylistically, I don't think we're going to see much of a change, whether it's a back three or back four for Atletico. They're still going to sit in. They're going to try and hit us on the counter attack. Um... Their back line, even without Jose Jimenez, is still going to be strong and solid. Um, they like to keep things nice and tight, so they're going to give us a little bit of space on the wings, um, but up the middle, it's going to be it's going to be very crowded and very clogged. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, Andres, how do you how do you kind of feel about this game going in? I mean, it's a little different with with this Atletico team than years past. Just formation wise do you notice anything else that kind of stands out to you
2: um, i mean uh, it's a rejuvenated luis suarez it's just it's not as a neg- as not as negative of an approach it it doesn't feel as it is because they have people banging in goals again but there seems to be a couple of cracks in the armor they they're not doing well recently in la liga I think they've kind of gone into maybe a little bit of cruise control because they have such a big gap in there. So, you know, sometimes that's kind of what kills teams in the Champions League. And and that's why I personally feel teams that play in lower leagues, such as uh, France and, and even Germany, where usually PSG and Bayern dominate, we used to see them get knocked out early is because You know, they're so used to just cruising through the competition. So if if they're in that cruise control mode, it might be a kind of rude awakening for them. So if that's the case, that means we're going to need to be extra clinical and take our chances because if we sucker punch them in the first leg, it'll be a very tough second leg. So the bigger the gap we can build, the better for us. And Simeone has been there before. So that's the other part they're not going to get rattled by one bad leg. And so, you know, they took down Liverpool last season after they lost the first leg. So again, I think that if we catch them off guard, we really need to pummel them so that in the second leg, we don't allow them back into it. So I think it's going to be a much more crucial match than, than most people think going into a home and away style, uh, elimination
1: shit man like coming off the heels of this match i just i just don't feel very good going into uh, this week um i i wish i could i could be more confident in our chances of you know getting that sucker punch but it's just a lot of a lot of frustrations in uh what i'm seeing uh as far as just like, uh, like us looking really good, but just not being able to put the finishing touches. And, you know, I'm not going to rule it out completely that, you know, who knows, this might be the match where everything just finally falls together. Um, you know, I wouldn't be completely shocked, but I don't know. Am, am, I, am I alone in this feeling of just not being too confident? Especially, you know, I, I know Atletico is not uh, in the best form right now, but they're just... They've been together for so long. Uh, they've been here before, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't feel comfortable. I, really I mean,
0: done? sorry to cut you off some. Uh, Simon Johnson also tweeted, Hector Herrera won't be available for the game. So they're going to be missing a center back, a center mid, and a winger. Um, but to kind of go back to your point, I do I, I do share the same sentiment in terms of um not feeling good about coming away from this game with a win um but I think if we've seen anything under Tuchel is that we we can control games um and I think he's gonna learn a thing or two from that Southampton match how they were able to kind of shut down the wide areas and force us to go up to the middle and then eventually shut down the middle um Athletico is going to sort of do the opposite they're going to shut down the middle right away and give us those wide areas um so it's going to be a, a different approach from the Southampton game, um, but I think the main thing and Tuchel's going to know this too is just not losing. You, you, if you get an away goal, that's a bonus, but you cannot go into this game and lose it. Otherwise, you go back to the bridge with your backs really against the wall. And a team against a, a team like Atletico is probably one of the worst to come up against um, in a second leg if you're down and you need a goal. That's probably one of the worst teams you could go up against. Period. So. Yeah, I mean I see what you're saying in terms of that of that concern. I'm not as concerned that we're gonna lose. I think the concern is are we gonna create enough to, to to steal to steal a win or get one or two away goals under our belt.
1: And and that second leg is gonna be coming off the heels of uh that 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 crazy run I was just mentioning earlier. The Man United, Liverpool, Everton, and then I think we play Leeds after that. Um, so I, like I can easily see us like like dropping three of those matches honestly, um, and it's just it, ha- it has a potential to be uh, a very toxic time uh, on our on our Twitter timelines. That's for sure. But I don't know. I I will, I will be hopeful. and I'll give I guess I'll give my prediction first. Um, but I think it'll be probably a one-one tie, one-one uh, draw. That would be, I think, I I would be ecstatic with that result um, to come out of there again without the loss with the one away goal, um, and then we just have to hold things together for the second leg. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's that that's probably what's gonna happen, and that's my that's my optimistic uh, <laughs> prediction as well. Uh, Andreas, do you have a prediction?
2: I was gonna say one one as well
0: zach yeah i'm gonna go 1-1 also and i think i think that's a positive result for us going into the second leg against Mm -hmm. this team i it just sucks that we finish first in our group and we draw a team like atletico what what fucking luck do we have (laughs) um but yeah i mean i think that kind of brings us to the end of this podcast guys um It was a good one. Uh, I think we aired out a lot of our grievances from the Southampton (laughs) game. Um, But just kind of moving forward, I mean, if you are listening still, make sure you're following us on Twitter. That goes without saying, at RomansEmpirePod. We also received a couple emails from our listeners. We mentioned one of our pen pals earlier, Tom Ashdown. Shout out, Tom. Uh, We love hearing from you guys, so uh, you can always email us and tell us how you became Chelsea fans or just to say what's up. Uh, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Boys... We got Athletico. Um, we'll probably be recording after that, I'm sure. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that. And until uh, that show, keep the blue flag flying high.